welcome to Modern Medieval, the podcast. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Megan. And I'm Ello. And this week, we are we, speaking about... We have decided to talk about Lent in a very loose way. Yeah. Because Lent started just this past Wednesday, February 17th. Are you partaking? No, are you? No. No. Um, and I just find that like Lent, at least in our westernized world experience, is always kind of a holiday or a season, I should say, that's there, mm-hmm. regardless to if you practice or not, at least yeah. in my experience of growing up. And maybe we can talk about that a bit. But yeah, it's just like the Lent season has started and I follow some people on social media that are practicing. Right. Um, Catholics and whatnot who were on their stories, especially on Instagram, sharing what they're giving up, either what they're giving up or kind of these posts, you know, those kind of like self-help mental health posts yeah. of like, what do you give up during a pandemic, during a time of already having given up? Yeah. And that just kind of got interesting. my, yeah. And it just kind of got my gears going on yeah. like my perceptions of Lent growing up. And experience yeah. with it just being around. And then, yeah, thinking about what that means now. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, on I saw this on Twitter. Uh, I should have pinned it and seen who said it. But uh, an academic I follow, she was like, well, the pandemic's been going on for an entire liturgical year. And again, that's just kind of an interesting way to think of time as well. Yeah. Because as everyone knows, time at the moment is... Slow and fast. <laughs> yeah, it's a fickle thing. It's really bizarre at the moment. So um, I don't know if we want to start with like a history of Lent briefly or if we just kind of want to dive into experiences. Um, um, you- maybe a, a short history. Okay. Because yeah, I, like, of- I feel like prior to this episode, I knew what like how the practices, like how you practice Lent, but I don't mm-hmm. think I really knew the history of it that well. Yeah, fair, I'm, fair. I'm guessing my audience, the audience would possibly feel the same way. Yeah, so just like a brief, I guess. Yeah. Rounding. Yeah. <laughs> and a few this, facts. <laughs> yeah, so a few facts. So it's a religious observance, yeah. right? Uh, 40 days. Yeah. It, in the middle, early Middle Ages, it was 36 and then bumped up oh. to 40 to mirror the 40 days in the desert with Christ. Right. You know, in the desert fasting and giving yeah. up. And so it begins on Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So that was this past Wednesday. Yeah. And that's when you go to mass. And if you've ever seen people walking around with the uh, ash cross. smudges on their foreheads, it's supposed to be a cross. But yeah, sometimes it just looks like a blob. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, I actually haven't seen that. That's quite interesting. What that's for. Since I went to a Roman Catholic high school, we must have seen that mass. a lot. I actually got the crosses because I was always in this weird space of, okay, well, this is a Roman Catholic high school and growing up Episcopalian, you know, we're Anglican, we're kind of just Diet Coke Catholics. Yeah. So it was always this weird, like, can I practice this because I am baptized in a similar faith that's very similar or can I not? So I did kind of contemplate, I guess, my spirituality a bit in high school. And I got communion a few times, or sometimes I didn't. It was always this weird, like... Yeah, you weren't really sure what fish to fry. 
Yeah, and I was always like, I don't want to be disrespectful to yeah. this, but also we're in high school and no one really cares, but like just the community as a whole, it was just this, I don't, I, was, I overthought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That, fair enough though. I feel like when I was around 10, like I had thoughts of like, oh, but like we're actually mortal beings. One day my mom will be dead. I'm going to cope. Like, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I feel like that is a time when you realize that you're just human. Right. So, um, yeah, begins on Ash Wednesday, and then yes. roughly about six weeks later, it ends on Easter, right? Easter Sunday. So the purpose of Lent is the preparation of a believer of mm-hmm. Christ right? Uh, t- to get to Easter, you know, the ascension, the, the rising of the uh, resurrection of Christ by doing prayer, penance, sometimes mortification of the flesh, receptance of sins by going to um, confession, almsgiving, living simply, and then like kind of like methods of self-denial. Or So the Lenten season is celebrated or observed in the Anglican, Eastern Orthodox, Lutheran, Methodist, Moravian, Oriental Orthodox, Reformed, so Presbyterian and Congregationalist, United Protestant and Roman Catholic churches. So it is, it's a very... Yeah, it's a broad celebration. Right. And I mean, there are some also yeah. uh, churches, like I think Baptist, okay, depending yeah. on your right, right, uh, right. congregation. So wait, so does this mean that like, for example, like Italian Catholics wouldn't celebrate it? Because I don't think I remember anyone talking about this. Or is it just that no It one, might I know. also just be because it... I mean, I'm pretty sure the Pope talks about it because you have Ash right, Wednesday... Right, right. Palm Friday. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember no, that Palm one. Sunday, I apologize. <laughs> oh, Palm yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. And Good Friday is the Friday yeah. before. And um, I think that because it is like a time of being like solemn, that maybe it, it's not like Advent where you talk about it and celebrate it. Yeah. It's a bit more of like a... Um, Quieter thing. Yeah. Internal. So during... <laughs> this is going to be a really like American, I guess. I don't know if it occurs elsewhere. Uh, during Lent, you you know, you get, you're supposed to give up eating red Chocolate. meat. Chocolate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only people, like, the only people who I've ever seen practice it. Like, they've all given up chocolate. And I was like, all right. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll get there. Um, but, you know, you give up red meat. You're supposed to give up fish, except for Fridays. You can have fish. And the reason that I know this, at least in America, is because McDonald's has filet fish Fridays. Because that's the day that (laughs) practicers can have fish. And it's during the six weeks. And it's this like big, you know, promotion. So it's like, even if you don't practice, you know that it's Lenten season (laughs) because filet of fish Fridays are back. And um, yeah, so the 36 to 40 days, you you fast or you give something up. And so, yeah, that's where... The chocolate thing started. <laughs> you know, a lot of people give up chocolate. I remember having a conversation in like I don't, middle school, maybe with friends, you know, so let's say nine years old. And it's like, what are you going to give up for Lent? So chocolate, one person said potatoes, which looking at that is hard. Yeah. Um, people give up alcohol, meat, it, it, or it could be something else like Netflix. You're just <laughs> supposed to give up something that is something to you. meaningful to you that you will experience and that loss yeah that that loss that's much better mm. than saying sacrifice because sacrifice mm. is a bit more but yeah you experience hard sacrifice and yeah. so yeah these questions of like in a time of pandemic where you've already had to give up so much and so much has been taken 
from you, what do you do to observe and this season, but also not um, make your life harder than leaving it is. hell? Yeah, it feels like it's been a whole year in a way of Lent minus the spiritual discipline. I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just have any you know thoughts on that? That's quite interesting because I feel like obviously Lent is a period. I mean this whole period you can live it in many ways um and obviously that will be dependent on your personal situation whether for financial reasons or like loss or external difficulties so I wonder if like we couldn't turn it around and like turn it into an exercise of mindfulness rather than like taking things out of your diet or your life I don't know if that makes sense no it definitely does and one of my friends on her Instagram thread did have a couple, you know, posts on the story that were about that, where it's like, rather than giving up something that has helping you navigate this time, yeah, be more mindful. Yeah. And I guess spiritually in tune, like, yeah. make sure you read the saint of the day in the morning and have a Holy Mary at night. Yeah. And list something that you're thankful for each day and something yeah. that you can approve on each day. And again, that's like a much more spiritual practice. But yeah, like. Well, I mean, like, you know, also people, if you are not that religious, but want to practice Lent, like, I don't know, like, there's lots of people at the moment who are trying to meditate mm-hmm. um, around me. And that actually, like, I think that that's kind of a an interesting thing to try and force yourself to do. Yeah, force it, I think, is actually the right term. Like, it's a difficult practice. Right. And for those of you who don't practice or um, Lent, it might be an interesting exercise because you know that it's 40 days. Mm. Um, so when this episode releases on, you know, Monday, the 22nd of February, it'll be a little less than a week of Lent. But as, like, a timeline or a goal to practice a mindfulness exercise um I do think that that is kind of a beautiful it's a beautiful opportunity yeah and it's also interesting because also you could like practice that in like all of the different shapes and forms like you could Mm -hmm. go your your exercise of mindfulness could be you go for a walk for 15 minutes with nothing no music no podcast no phone like those are your 15 minutes or you could practice yoga or you could mindfully cook or I, I don't know there's plenty of things that like that that isn't you can't like restrict it to one thing if that makes sense right or yeah um while you're uh, speaking I was thinking of this practice so I listened to the podcast Harry Potter and the Sacred Text right and hosted by Vanessa Sultan and Casper Turkile a podcast I've been listening to for the past three or four years I just I really appreciate the way that they approach you know the Harry Potter series as a sacred text and they do sacred practices like Lectio Divina, Florilegia, imaginative reading, which is Jesuit practice, uh, through something you know that I grew up with, Harry Potter, and yeah. despite the shortcomings of J.K. Rowling, I love the series, and they're large advocates for the series, you know, going beyond the creator. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to the podcast, anybody, I do recommend just the first episode. It's yeah, because it's fun. You can you can kind of just like think of Harry Potter as the death of the author. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very postmodern um so both of them went to seminary at 
Harvard University for their theological PhD equivalent, whatever that's called. Wow. Right. And that's where they met. So, but the show, even though it's rooted in theology, it's not over the top. Like they're funny and great. Anyway. Accessible, yeah. So, you know, um, Casper does this thing where I think it's each Saturday, he does a technology free. So Friday evening, he turns off his phone. He does, he turns off the computers and the television and he goes through Saturday without technology. And he's been doing this for years. And I've just been thinking about that a lot more lately and have been very like mindful of that and I'm thinking of maybe trying something equivalent maybe not a complete um and like no technology at least in the beginning but well yeah but things like Facebook or Instagram could like get a snooze for a day and then you're reachable in other ways yeah like maybe not the entire day but like in the morning Mm. um you know, checking your messages and emails and then not like having the phone off for the rest yeah. of the day until you like go to bed. And then maybe just brief, like giving yourself five minutes to check if you have any important messages, right? And then that's it. Because I do read before I go to bed. And that's something I've, I've done since I was in high school that helps me yeah. get away from the screen and separate my self yeah um I'm not one of those people that uh will just like scroll on my phone until get sleepy yeah (laughs) so I guess that was something I've just been thinking about a lot in thinking and preparing for this episode of what would I want to if not give up be more mindful about yeah I think like I don't know I find it quite difficult if you're like Uh, with this pandemic nothing is routine so everything changes quite quickly Mm -hmm. um and so my perception of time can go from it going really fast to going really slow depending on the situation I feel like that's not something I have a control any control over Mm -hmm. so like practices like Lent are kind of interesting because I feel like they expect like some sort of continuity of routine and like you're trying to disrupt your routine in some way to be more aware of your surroundings and of yourself and of that moment in time. Mm-hmm. But like in this moment in time, I feel like there's not, that doesn't exist for me. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like, how do you give up a fixed thing, a fixed object, entity, food, practice when, yeah, the, <laughs> there is nothing that is currently fixed. Yeah. And yeah, that is, I hadn't really thought about that much. Yeah, I guess it's also the question of like, well, can you do it by like a week by week basis? Yeah. Or have a flexibility. Yeah, you could disrupt your weight, your 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 practice on a week to week basis to see what actually mm-hmm. works. Because I feel like, yeah, maybe you could like, for example, maybe you're in a month where you don't want to eat sweet shit stuff. Mm-hmm. So like you might like be like, well, I'm gonna give this stuff up and actually you're like, but actually this doesn't make any difference to me. <laughs> so really like giving that up isn't disrupting anything at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really curious. I should have kind of looked at more what people were giving conversations up, yeah. around this, but I also wanted to come into this very kind of fresh. Yeah, fresh and raw and organic and think it through aloud. And 
yeah, it'll be interesting to, I guess, see if there's any response to this and also looking more in depth on like social media. And it'll be interesting also if there's any kind of commentary with, you know, so at least here in the UK, because this is where we're both at. Yeah. What is it? March 8th universe or schools are supposed to open according to Boris Johnson. Oh, will they open? I think so. <laughs> I'm really bad with keeping up with the news at the moment. I've just given up really honestly. Like, yeah. Just... Also, I feel like it can just change so quickly as we saw in the beginning of January where it was January 4th, you know, schools are open, come. And then that Monday they're like, nope, no school. <laughs> and, but yeah. yeah, it'll also be interesting to see what it's like to have potentially, you know, um, given up something when yeah. the world or if the world starts to open up, up yeah. again, because, you know, the UK has been sh- pretty good actually at, the vaccinations we're at an average of around 25 per 100 which I was much better than I was expecting honestly like after everything else I didn't expect anything good coming from them (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yeah I guess it's just like during this time of mindfulness of awareness maybe more so than other moments in the year if we get to the space where you can have more people over at your house or, you know, more coffee shops are able to open again because... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you switch, right? Like, I was talking about this with someone being like, well, you know, when life opens up again, like, you just get carried away and you do things because you might think that they they might not be open forever. And then you're like, that's a an interesting way of living as well well I can't recall if I mentioned this on the podcast or if it was just in conversations with friends but when I was sick with COVID I was watching a lot of escape to the country love that all right BBC give it to me and (laughs) (laughs) the episodes that I was on on my BBC watch were modern episodes so they were filmed in July and August 2020 so during That's the so pandemic, crazy. so you could tell because, you know, your host slash realtor were, there was the distancing, but they were, after they see all the houses, you know, they normally go to like a, a pub or a cafe or a restaurant, something and have tea or coffee or like a pint. And they were still able to do that because that was during a time where we were in a quote unquote normalcy. You know, where you maybe had to have reservations to go to the pub to be able to sit outside or something, but you could still go. And my my mind was like, what? We had it so good. And all we did was bitch and complain that it wasn't enough. I would take that back in a heartbeat, a heartbeat. Yeah. And then I feel like also like, especially during summer, it was so easy to keep a distance. If we just been a bit more cautious and yeah a lot of things would have not probably not happened at the speed that they happened again yeah not taking advantage of it yeah because like we're also just greedy yeah we didn't know how good we had it until it was stripped and I mean I've been coping fine but I just it's also just the little things that you took for granted so for example um this was around the Christmas season and I took the train from Manchester to Nutsford. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is not far. It's like 10 miles or something. And met up with my friend Sarah. And at the time, Manchester was tier three. And Nutsford was in Cheshire, which was tier two. So Sarah and I were able to meet at a restaurant anyway, the reservation and sit inside and eat. And we had sparkling rosé. We had a meal. And then we were able to like walk around town, you know, get, we got mulled wine to go for a walk. And then we were able to go into a restaurant afterwards and sit at the bar and have drinks. And she, Sarah was, is, lives in Cheshire. So she was tier two the whole time. So that was, she was a normal for her. Like she was adjusted to that. But my mind was like, I was, I was like, oh my God, I'm eating in a restaurant. This is so nice. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and then of course, yeah, right around last. Christmas, that just was taken away. But I was so appreciative for that one day. It was so magical for me. No, it's true. I remember in sec- the second, after the second lockdown, I went to the museum. And I think we went to see the Artemisia exhibition. And then we went mm-hmm. to a couple of other museums. And I was just like, this is so nice. But then equally, I didn't take it, like I took a bit for granted, admittedly. Yeah. And then like now I'm like, oh God, I, I miss paintings. I miss museums. I miss those spaces. Yeah. Um, and with like my PhD little cohort that I'm in, we've all been saying quite a bit how we miss having the conversations that we have either via Zoom or just in our message, like at a pub over a pint. Yeah. It's like a simple thing. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah. Well, everything feels a bit the same, right? Like, I find that weekends, there's only a limited amount of things that you can do during lockdown weekends. And, like, you can alternate them and give them a different rhythm. But at the end of the day, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Last weekend, I was meeting my social bubble. All right. And I was – so they live across Alexandra Park from me. So I was walking through the park to their house to meet them. And in the park, there is a little like recreation center that also has a co-op cafe that's been right. shut basically this entire round of lockdown. And I was walking through the park and I could tell that there, because there's lots of, I live in an area that has lots of families, lots of strollers, yeah. little kids running around. Cute. And on the weekends, they kind of congregate at the park, right? Because that's yeah. what parents do. But it seemed like there was more people around in this one area than usual. Like the benches have been quite empty lately. And the little cafe was open for takeaway. Oh, wow. And so I messaged my friend and I was like, I'm going to be late. Oh my God, the cafe is open. I'm getting a coffee, all cat blocks, you know? And then she responded. She was like, my partner and I are on our way. We're just going to meet you there. <laughs> and it was just this brief feeling of like, freedom. Oh, I can have a warm coffee in the park from the little hut, you know, and yeah. like this feels normal echo of, yeah, something that is whatever normal is. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I won't take that for granted. Oh, we will. Well, yeah, we 100% will. we will. We will, but, but like I'm, not right away. But yeah, I'm trying to be like very mindful of that. Um, like there's a riverboat cafe that is along the canal by my school. It's about a 10 minute walk for where I work. Yeah. And whenever I see them there, I walk down and get a coffee. Not the best coffee. You know, it's just one of those ones from the machines that you can get at the Sainsbury or whatnot. But just the interaction and supporting the local business. I've also kind of befriended the um, barista. So whenever I see her, she's like, oh, how are you? We like share our holiday chats. And it's 
just one of those things where it's like, That's oh, nice. yeah, a small glimmer, a small moment of something that I currently value because it's been taken away because it's not always there. And I guess, yeah, with this Lenten season, I'm going to try to heighten that a little bit more. Yeah. A personal practice, if not a spiritual practice. No, I agree. I think, yeah, I think we're, we've passed the moment where you can be negative about the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Like if you, if you spend like three years being negative about something, then that just becomes a habit and then like can't enjoy anything. Exactly. And oh, can't wait to go back to the cinema. That's the one thing I really miss. Cinemas and pubs. Yeah. I just kind of want a bit more stimulation. Oh, there's that too. But yeah, I like watching movies on my television. I just watched Promising Young Woman. Oh, is that good? I, I, is, that, so, is that a slasher film? It's a thriller. Oh, okay. It's written and directed by Emerald Fennel, which people cool. might know her. She plays um, Camilla in this last season of The Crown. No way. <laughs> um, but so the main character, the in she's kind of like an anti-heroine in a way, but also a heroine in the film is played by Carrie Mulligan. So in the dig, completely different characters. Uh, Elo, I will have to like um, share this film with you because it is so fucking good. (laughs) It's so good. I don't want to go and derail us (laughs) on a spiritual episode or, you know, a mindful episode, but I mean, watching it at home, I was blown away. And I just, I can't even imagine the experience I would have had watching this in the theater because there is just something about the surround sound and the magnitude of the large screen. It's not creepy. Well, I mean, there are creepy moments, but it's not creepy. It's just tense. Yeah. And then the whole time you're watching it, you are just asking like, why? Why are men? Because it's, a lot of it's about the narrative of like, but I'm a nice guy, but yeah. I'm a good guy. And it's yeah. like, mm, but are you? That's the question of basically the whole film. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just in this conversation thinking, oh, I could have seen that in the cinema. And hopefully it'll release in the cinemas because I will yeah. be the first in line to. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because like in Italy, like you had like um, outdoor cinemas in summer. And like actually that conveyed that experience quite well. Yeah, there's just something about the, I mean, I guess you could look at it as a, a parallel in a way to religion and like attending mass because there's the communal element of participating and agreeing to participate in this presentation, this spectacle and share the, that, you know, hour and a half, two hours, however long it is together. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I miss that. And there is also just this like agreement of you aren't supposed to talk. You aren't supposed to do these things. I mean, some commentary, you know, could be expected, but then you all share the shock or the laughter or the tears. And yeah, it's just such a communal experience. And uh, I miss that. Any final thoughts on Lenten? No, I think, I think we're good. I think we're good to go. And just a little heads up, we will be taking a one-week hiatus to prepare for something very exciting the following week. Woo! 
So yes, it gives us time to kind of compose ourselves and get everything. Yeah, ready. All yeah, lined up for that. So we will be seeing you in the first week of March. Gives you a chance to catch Catch up up. on episodes, listen to our amazing jingle. Yeah. And so, Ello, why don't you... So if you've enjoyed this episode and want to listen to some more, you can find us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Amazon, we're on Audible, and we are on YouTube. Just type Modern Medieval Podcast. If you want to interact with us, please do. We have social media accounts. You can find us on um, Instagram by typing podcast.modern.medieval. You can find us on Facebook. We've got both a group and a page. Just type Modern Medieval Podcast. And we are on email by typing um, modern.medieval.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And then finally, if you want to interact with us, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at medieval underscore modern. Yeah, please send us thoughts, comments, questions, queries on any or all of those platforms. Yeah. And if you disagree, please please tell us. Yeah, or any suggestions for future episodes. And once again, our new jingle, we need to give it a name, but our yeah. opening okay. music, yeah. <laughs> it was created and given to us by Joe Burton, who goes by the name Trothgard. You can find his music on Bandcamp by typing Trothgard, T-R-O, T-H-G-A-R-D. So until next time, I'm Megan. And I'm Elo, and this is Modern Medieval, the podcast. Do, 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 do.